Welcome to Zichru Daf Simani, member by Avram Goldar, and today Mazakas Bab Matsya Daf Hey. The first parak Shneimochsin. This parak has been dedicated to the memory of Mr. Moshe Horn, Rav Moshe Manas Ben Yaakov Yitzchak, by his children Dvorah and Dov Elias. May his neshama have an aliyah. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Gemara records an incident of a shepherd to whom people usually gave their animals in front of Adim, but one day gave them without Adim present. He later denied having received them, but witnesses testified that they saw him eating two of the animals. Rabbi Zera said that if we rule like Rabbi Chia's first law, that one swears when a claim is partially substantiated by Adim, then the shepherd would have to swear regarding the remaining claim. Abai asked him, how can he swear? But he's a proven thief and disqualified from swearing. Rabbi Zera responded, I meant that his opponent, the plaintiff, swears to collect payment, which is the rabbinically enacted law, when the defendant is disqualified from swearing. Although Rav Nachman taught that the rabbis enacted that even one who fully denies a claim must swear a Shavuos Hesus, the Gemara explains that this alone would not have enabled the plaintiff to swear and collect from the shepherd because this Shavuos is a rabbinical enactment, but Dekantelo Dekantelo Avdinen, and we do not apply one enactment to another enactment, meaning to have his opponent swear. Point number two, Abai had objected to the shepherd swearing because he had been confirmed a thief. The Gemara said he should be disqualified even without specific testimony of thievery because Rav Yudah said that an ordinary shepherd is invalid as a witness because shepherds are assumed to allow their animals to graze in other private fields. It answers that this is only where the animals are his own. Rabbi Zer's case was a shepherd for other people's animals who was not automatically assumed to allow them to graze in private fields. This distinction must be true for otherwise, how can we give our animals to a hired shepherd if he'll commit thievery with them? The Torah says, Do not place a stumbling block before the blind, which includes putting someone in a position where he'll sin. Rather, there's a presumption that a person does not sin when there's no benefit for himself. Thus, a hired shepherd is not suspected of stealing. And pointing with you, Rabbi Yochanan taught that the Shavuah of the mission was enacted to discourage people from seizing other people's cloaks and claiming them. The Gemara asks, Let us say, since he's suspect in monetary matters, he's also suspect regarding swearing, meaning one who's prepared to steal would also swear falsely. The Gemara responds that we do not say, because people are more hesitant to swear falsely than to steal. The Gemara tends to prove this from the fact that one who partially denies a debt must swear, even though we suspect he's attempting to withhold payment from his creditor. The Gemara rejects this proof because we assume the borrower intends to pay the debt, but is stalling for time. After more proofs are rejected, three rulings are quoted on Davav, which prove that one who is suspected of stealing is still relied upon to swear truthfully. Abaya disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan and will explain the Mishnah Shvua differently. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara records an incident of a shepherd to whom people usually gave their animals in front of Adim, but one day gave them without witnesses present. He later denied having received them, but witnesses testified that they saw him eating two of the animals. Rabbi Zera said that if we rule like Rabbi Chia's first law, that one swears when a claim is partially substantiated by Adim, then the shepherd would have to swear regarding the remaining claim. Abai asked him, how can he swear? But he's a proven thief and disqualified from swearing. Rabbi Zera responded, I meant that his opponent, the plaintiff, swears to collect payment, which is the rabbinically enacted law, when the defendant is disqualified from swearing. Although Rav Nachman taught that the rabbis enacted that even one who fully denies a claim must swear a Shavuos Hesus, the Gemara explains that this alone would not have enabled the plaintiff to swear and collect from the shepherd because this Shavuos is a rabbinical enactment, but Dekantelo Dekantelo Avdinen, and we do not apply one enactment to another enactment, meaning to have his opponent swear. Point number two, Abai had objected to the shepherd swearing because he had been confirmed a thief. 
The Mora said he should be disqualified even without specific testimony of thievery because Rabbi Yudah said that an ordinary shepherd is invalid as a witness because shepherds are assumed to allow their animals to graze in other private fields. It answers that this is only where the animals are his own. Rabbi Zer's case was a shepherd for other people's animals who was not automatically assumed to allow them to graze in private fields. This distinction must be true for otherwise, how can we give our animals to a hired shepherd if he'll commit thievery with them? The Torah says, Do not place a stumbling block before the blind, which includes putting someone in a position where he'll sin. Rather, there's a presumption that a person does not sin where there's no benefit for himself. Thus, a hired shepherd is not suspected of stealing. And pointing with you, Rabbi Yochanan taught that the Shavuah of the mission was enacted to discourage people from seizing other people's cloaks and claiming them. The Gemara asks, Let us say, since he's suspect in monetary matters, he's also suspect regarding swearing, meaning one who's prepared to steal would also swear falsely. The Gemara responds that we do not say, because people are more hesitant to swear falsely than to steal. The Gemara tends to prove this from the fact that one who partially denies a debt must swear even though we suspect he's attempting to withhold payment from his creditor. The Gemara rejects this proof because we assume the borrower intends to pay the debt, but is stalling for time. After more proofs are rejected, three rulings are quoted on Davav, which prove that one who is suspected of stealing is still relied upon to swear truthfully. Abaya disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan and will explain the Mishnah Shvua differently. All right, so now we go to Simadav Hay, and our standard Simon is Hay, or a haystack. So here goes. The shepherd who was seen hiding behind a haystack, eating two animals two owners had given him, without aiding present, surprisingly had used bales of hay as offense to prevent sheep he was given to watch from grazing in other people's fields, and told his friend who was baling hay that just because people may suspect he steals, they should not suspect he swears falsely. Once again, it's slow motion. The shepherd who was seen hiding behind a haystack, haystack, that must be more enough. Hey. The shepherd who was seen hiding behind a haystack, eating two animals, two owners had given him, without aiding present, which reminds us the Gemara records an incident of a shepherd, to whom people usually gave their animals in front of aiding, but one day gave them without aiding present. He later denied having received them, but Adam testified that they saw him eating two of the animals. Rabbi Zera said that if we rule like Rabbi Chia's first law, that one swears when a claim is partially substantiated by witnesses, then the shepherd would have to swear regarding the remaining claim. Abai asked him, how can he swear? But he's a proven thief and disqualified from swearing. Rizer responded that he meant his opponent, the plaintiff, swears to collect payment, which is the rabbinically enacted law when the defendant is disqualified from swearing. So the shepherd who was seen hiding behind a haystack eating two animals two owners had given him, without aiding present, surprisingly had used bales of hay as a fence to prevent sheep he was given to watch from grazing in other people's fields, and told his friend who was baling hay that just because people may suspect he steals, they should not suspect... He swears falsely, which reminds us Rabbi Yochanan taught that the Shavu of the Mishnah was enacted to discourage people from seizing other people's cloaks and claiming them. The Gemara asks, the name of Let us say that since he's suspect in monetary matters, he's also suspect regarding swearing, meaning one who's prepared to steal would also swear falsely. The Gemara responds that we do not say because people are more hesitant to swear falsely than to steal. So once again, the shepherd who was seen hiding behind a haystack eating two animals two owners had given him, without aiding present, surprisingly had used bales of hay as a fence to prevent sheep he was given to watch from grazing in other people's fields, and told his friend who was baling hay that just because people may suspect he steals, they should not suspect he swears falsely. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazar. Daf Kufyotes. So the simmer Daf Kufyotes is a kite. So here goes. Well, the kite enthusiast, kite, that must be more Daf Kufyotes. 
While the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, which reminds us, Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda argue about destroying Mama Masar, the property of an informer. One held Mutter Abdul Biyad, it is permitted to destroy his property with one's hand, directly because his money shouldn't be more stringent than his body. Since it's permitted to kill him, it stands to reason that his property may certainly be destroyed. The other held Asil Abdul, it's forbidden to destroy because perhaps he'll have righteous descendants. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth of Shabapruta, since it's like taking away... The victim's soul, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan said, Anyone who steals a pruta's worth from his fellow is as if he took his soul from him. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth a shavapruta, since it's like taking away the victim's soul, the craftsman he had commissioned to build him some more kites was busy at work and keeping the shavings, which reminds us, the final Mishnah lists materials left over from various crafts, such as threads removed by a launderer, a tailor, and others, and teaches which belong to the craftsman, because the owner of the original material is not particular about them, and which belong to the owner. Shavings removed by small tools belong to the carpenter, but those removed by a hatchet belong to the owner. It concludes, If he was working on the owner's property, even the sawdust from drilling belongs to the owner. Daf base. So the Simmer Daf base is a bias, a house. So here goes. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, house, that must be on Daf base, bias. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a tallest, each claiming, I found it, which reminds us, the opening mission states, Shnaim Ochsim Batalis, two people came before Basin holding a cloak. Zeomer Animatsasiyah, Zeomer Animatsasiyah. This one says, I found it, this one says, I found it. Zeomer Kulashali, Zeomer Kulashali. This one says, It's all mine, and this one says, It's all mine. The law is that each one swears, Sheingo Babachus Machesia, that he owns not less than half of it, Vichaloku, and they divide it. So, because of the conflicts in front of the Talis seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a Talis, each claiming, I found it. And two other men claiming to be the buyer of a talus, which reminds us. The Gemara asks why the Mishnah describes two cases where each claims I found it and where each claims it's all mine. After the first suggestion is rejected, it concludes The first case of I found it refers to a found cloak. And the second case where they said it's all mine refers to a case of buying and selling where each claims to be the buyer. The Gemara explains that if only one case was taught, one might have thought that only in that case one might rationalize that he's not stealing outright. So, because of the conflicts in front of the Talus seller's house, involving two men holding onto opposite sides of a Talus, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer of a Talus, a basin was set up where taking a Shavua was required by the Rabbanon to divide the items to prevent people from grabbing cloaks of others and claiming it is theirs, which reminds us. The Gemara that the mission which rules the cloak is divided with a shvua does not accord with Simchas, who holds money whose ownership is uncertain is divided between them without a shvua. The Gemara concludes that the shvua is a special takana de Rabbanan, so that every person should not go and seize his fellow's cloak and claim, it's mine. Daf Gimel, so the similar Daf Gimel is a gamal, a camel. So here goes. The camel, camel, that must move on Daf Gimel, gamal. 
The camel had to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Which reminds us that the mission's ruling to divide the cloak does not accord with Rabbi Yosef's ruling, where two people deposited money with someone, one leaving one mana and the other leaving two mana. And they later dispute who left two mana. The Rabbans say the third mana is withheld until proof is brought, but Rabbi Yossi says, Imken Mahipsid Rama. If so, what does the deceiver lose by deceiving? Rather, it should all be set aside until Eliyahu comes to induce him to confess. Here too, the cloak should be withheld. The Gemara answers that in the coin case, it's because the third coin definitely belongs to only one of them and cannot be divided. In our mission, it's possible they picked up the cloak simultaneously and jointly own it. Since each party may truly believe he's the owner, Rabiosi would agree to divide it. So the camel hired to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Stopped to pick up two Adim who testified that a man owed 50 zuz of 100 zuz claim, making him take a shavuah on the remainder, which reminds us, Rabbi Chia taught that if one claims a mana, which is 100 zuz, from his fellow, which the defendant denies completely, and witnesses testify that he owes 50 zuz, he pays the 50 zuz and swears on the remainder, like one who confesses to part of a claim. For the admission of his own mouth should not be greater than the testimony of Adim based on a Kalvachomer. So the camel hired to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Stopped to pick up two Adim who testified that a man owed 50 zuz of 100 zuz claim, making him take a shvua on the remainder, but had no room for the man who was motive of mixes to his creditor because he wasn't brazen enough to deny his total obligation, which reminds us, Rabbi asks, why did the Torah say that one who admits to a part of a claim must swear about his denial? He should be exempt for having volunteered the partial admission. He answered, It's because there is a presumption that a person is not so brazen as to deny his obligation to the face of his creditor. The more explains that the reason we do not say, since he's willing to lie and steal part of the debt, he would also swear falsely, is because this person would really want to admit to the full debt. He didn't because he's merely evading the creditor to stall until he has the money to pay. Therefore, the Torah required him to swear, so he admits completely. Daf Dalit, so the Simran Daf Dalit is a delid, a door. So here goes. The two ate him coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a shvua, who walked through a basin door. Door, that must mean we're on Daf Dalit, Dalit, door. The two Aiden coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a Shvua, who walked through a basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad painted on them, which reminds us Rabbi Chia had derived from a Kavachomer, that if Piv partial admission obligates a Shvua, then certainly Aiden who testified to part of a debt obligated Shvua. The Gemara ultimately derives it from a Tzadashava, a common characteristic between Piv and a single witness. That as a result of a claim and denial, they come to Basin. And the defendant swears when the claim is supported, as Tosos adds. So the same applies to aiding. So the two aiding coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a Shvua, who walked through a Basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad painted on them, overheard one man tell another, I owe you only 50 Zuz, Vahelach, and here. It is yours, which reminds us, Rebbe approved another ruling of his from our Mishnah. If someone claims a manna from his fellow who responds, I owe you only 50 zuz, v'heilach, and here it's yours, meaning they're unspent and still in the lender's legal possession, Rebbe says he must swear because it's still considered a mixas. This is supported by our Mishnah, where the litigants swear although the other party has possession of the half they're giving up. Rav Shesha says one who admits with Halach does not swear because the admitted 50 Zuz are as if the lender is holding them in his hand and not part of the claim, and the remaining claim is fully denied. So the two Aiden coming to testify as part of a debt to obligate a Shvua, who walked through a basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad painted on them, overheard one man tell another, I owe you only 50 Zuz of Halach, and here 
it is yours, standing behind a lender holding a star that just said slime without specifying an amount, which reminds us, Vichy was challenged from Abraisa, slime denarim. If a star says the borrower owes slime or denarim without an amount specified, and the lender claims the debt is five slime or denarim, while the borrower claims it's three, Rabbi Shimon Lazar says he must swear like an ordinary motive mix us, whereas Rabbi Kiva says he does not swear like one who returns lost property, since he voluntarily admitted to more than the two implied by the star. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which did they learn that Edom who testified to part of a debt obligated Shvu, and that's learned from a Tzad Shava of Piv, the Eid Echad, that's on Duff? Dollar. Good number two. Which Duff did we discuss the din of a thief returning a sheep to the pen without the owner's knowledge? That's on Duff? Kafiat Good number three. Which did they learn why the mission included both cases of two people claiming to find a lost talus and two people claiming to buying the same item? That's on Duff? Base. Good number four. Which of the learned a shepherd will not let animals he was hired to watch graze in other people's fields because ain't admichot of a lolo? That's on duff. Hey. Good number five. Which of the learned a craftsman can keep the shavings from the wood since the owner is not mukpeed on them? That's on duff. Kufiya test. Good number six. Which of the case of a shepherd who was caught eating two of the sheep in his care? That's on duff. Hey, good number seven, which of the one Rebbe holds that one who swears when part of a debt is established by Adam is based on a Kavah Chomer? That's on Duff. Gimel. Good number eight, which stuff do we discuss a case of swearing about a star that does not have a specified amount? That's on Duff. Dalad. Good number nine, which stuff do we learn that we do not say that since one is suspected of stealing, he's suspected of swearing falsely? That's on Duff. Hey, good. And number 10, which stuff be the case of a river flooding stolen land? And the question if Karkin Nixelis, if land can be stolen, that's on Duff. Kufiat Zain. Excellent. That goes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldheart from Zichu Wishing you a great day and great learning.